0: begins in Numbers chapter 31, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, avenge the people of Israel on the many nights. Afterwards, you shall be gathered to your people. So Moses was not finished yet. Now, Paul came to a point in his life where he said, I've finished my course. I, I've run the race. I, I'm done. I'm, I have finished what God asked me to do. He said, I'm ready to be poured out like a drink offering. There comes a point when a man knows or a woman knows, I've finished what God wants me to do. And until you finished, you don't think about anything else except finishing the race. You know, when you're running a race, you have to stay focused. You don't focus on, what do I do after I finish the race? (laughs) No, you don't do that. Or you're going to lose the race. You run in such a way as to win, Paul said. That, That requires focus. So, you know, like Moses, like Paul, stay focused, all right? Stay focused. Some of my brothers and sisters, forgive me, we've walked together for <laughs> longer than we want to remember. You're not done yet. You're not finished yet. There's still more that God has you to do. Well, pastor, I'm retired already. Wonderful. You can give your full time to serving now. Wonderful. Wonderful. I mean, you you look at Tata and Nana Jimenez up there in in QC. (laughs) They're, they're, They're the feeding king and queen. I mean, they may be retired, but every day they're out serving and feeding those hungry kids. God is good. So brothers and sisters, understand, there'll come a time that you know you're finished. And like with Moses here, he said, afterwards you can be gathered to your people. Afterwards you can die, but you got one more thing to do. So Moses spoke to the people saying, our men from among you for the war, that they may go against Midian to execute the Lord's vengeance on Midian. So shall you send a thousand from each of the tribes of Israel to war. So they were provided out of the thousands of Israels, a thousand from each tribe, 12,000 armed for war. And Moses sent them to the war, a thousand from each tribe, together with Phanias, the son of Eleazar the priest, with the vessels of the sanctuary, and the trumpets for the alarm in his hand. All right, so, the vessels, so the spiritual leaders. They warred against Midian as the Lord commanded Moses and killed every male. They killed the kings of Midian with the rest of their slain, Evi, Recham, Zur, Hur, and Reba, the five kings of Midian. And they also killed Balaam, the son of Beor, with the sword. All right. The end of Balaam. Now, sometimes people, you know, they, they think a lot about the doctrines of Balaam in the New Testament, but they forget how he ended. When you get a prophet for prophet, they always end like this. This is the end of a prophet for prophet. Now you say, well, but he didn't prophesy against them, but he told the Midianites how to corrupt Israel. He knew the secret was to destroy their walk with God. And the people of Israel took captive the women of Midian and their little ones, and they took as plunder all their cattle, their flocks, and all their goods, all their cities and the places where they lived, and all their encampments they burned with fire. And they took all the spoil and all the plunder, both man and beast. And then they brought the captives and the plunder and the spoil to Moses and to Eleazar the priest and to the congregation of the people at Israel at the camp on the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho. All right, so... If you wonder where this is, if this is the Sea of Galilee, this is the River Jordan, this is the north, and this is the south, Jerusalem would be up here. You come through the Jordan Valley, and right here is Jericho, and that's the Dead Sea is right over here, and that's where you hang a right and come up to Jerusalem. So right there in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho. Moses and Eliezer, the priest, and all the chiefs of the congregation went to meet them outside the camp. Moses was angry with the officers of the army and the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds who had come from the service in the war. And he said, have you let all the women live? Behold, these, on Balaam's advice, caused the people of Israel to act treacherously against the Lord in the incident of Peor, and so the plague came upon the congregation of Israel. Wow. Wow upon balaam's advice now here we're beginning to see the the deviousness of balaam's plan let let's let's get the women to move in beautiful women to move in attract the attention of the israelite man they'll intermarry they'll start the demon worship and worship the false gods now therefore kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman who has known a man by lying with him but all the young girls who have not known man by lying with them keep alive for yourselves. In camp, outside the camp, seven days. Whoever of you has killed any person, whoever has touched any slain, purify yourselves and your captives on the third and the seventh day. Now, you know, I know there's a religious significance, a spiritual ceremonial thing, but there's also a quarantine thing here. So let's put a Q next to that for quarantine, okay? This is keeping diseases, either from touching the dead bodies and the bacteria that would grow there as they stripped the men of their swords and spears and things as they strip the, the plunder in the field to whatever. You shall purify every garment, every article of skin, all the work of goats and every article of wood, because it's very easy for bacteria to pass in those things. Then Eliezer the priest said to the men in the army who had gone to battle, this is the statute of the law that the Lord has commanded Moses, only the gold, silver, bronze, iron, tin, and the lead. Everything that can stand the fire, you shall pass through the fire and it will be clean. This is called sterilized. This is, again, a quarantine thing. It's called sterilization. Nevertheless, it shall also be purified with water for impurity. And whatever cannot stand the fire, you pass through the water. Now, again, I know there's spiritual significance to this also, but this is God keeping sickness and disease from wiping out the people of Israel. So, you know, the idea of social distancing and quarantine and washing your hands, you know, this is not an unbiblical thing to do. You must wash your clothes on the seventh day and you shall be clean and afterwards you may come into the camp. So notice there was a seven-day quarantine. The Lord said to Moses, take the count of the plunder that was taken, both man and beast, you and Eleazar the priests and the heads of the fathers' houses of the congregation. And divide the plunder into two parts between the warriors who went out into battle and all the congregation. So everybody, there's a share. Now, you know, the guys who went out to fight, they really, you know, they got to keep it all. It wouldn't be fair. He said, now you got to share this. Later on, you see King David did the same thing. Those who watched their, their properties got an equal share with the guys who went into battle. A levy for the Lord, a tribute from the men of war who went into battle, one out of 500, and of the people, and of the oxen, and of the donkeys, and of the flocks. Take it from their half and give it to Eliezer the priest as a contribution to the Lord. Okay, This was a contribution to the Lord from the plunder. And from the people of Israel's half, you shall take one drawn out of every 50 of the people, and of the oxen, of the donkeys, the flocks, the cattle, and give it to the Levites who keep guard over the tabernacle of the Lord. Now, notice keep guard. One of the role of spiritual leadership is to take care of the buildings. One of the strong things we had to teach young pastors is to take care of God's house. Now Moses and Eleazar the priest did as the Lord commanded Moses. Now the plunder remaining of the spoil that the army took was 675,000 sheep, 72,000 cattle, 61,000 donkeys, and 32,000 people in all, women who had not known man by lying with them. And the half, the portion of those who had gone out into the army, numbered 337,500 sheep, and the Lord's tribute of the sheep was 675. The cattle was 36,000, of which the Lord's tribute was 72. The donkeys were 30,500, of which the Lord's tribute was 61. The persons were 16,000, of which the Lord's tribute was 32. And Moses gave the tribute, which was the contribution for the Lord to Eliezer the priest, as the Lord commanded Moses. From the people of Israel's half, which the Lord separated from that of the men who had served in the army, now the congregation's half was three hundred and thirty-seven thousand five hundred sheep, thirty-six thousand cattle, thirty thousand five hundred donkeys, sixteen thousand persons. And from the people of Israel's half, Moses took one of every fifty, both of the persons of the beasts, and gave them to the, gave them to the Levites, who kept guard over the tabernacle of the Lord as the Lord commanded Moses. Then the officers who were over the thousands of the army, the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, came near to Moses and said to Moses, Your servants have counted the men of war who were under our command, and there is not a man missing among us. No death. Can you imagine that? A war fought with no deaths. Wow. We have brought the Lord's offering, what each man found, articles of gold, armlets, bracelets, signet rings, earrings, and beads to make atonement for ourselves before the Lord. And Moses and Eleazar the priest received from them the gold, all crafted articles. And of all the gold with the contribution they presented to the Lord, from the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, was 16,750 shekels. The men in the army had each taken plunder for himself. And Moses and Eleazar the priest received the gold from the commanders of the thousands and of the hundreds and brought it into the tent of meeting as a memorial, for the people of Israel before the Lord. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship.
1: For the
2: A star in the sky on a cloudy windy night, though the sky seems to change, the star remains. Oh, your promises, oh God, they will never fade, though everything else changes. Your word remains. trust Emmanuel. those who trust I trust my heart
0: Our New Testament passage today picks up in Luke chapter 4, verse 38. And he arose and left the synagogue. Now he's still in Capernaum and entered Simon's house. So this is still Shabbat. It's a very short walk, maybe one minute. I've walked it many, many times, but maybe one minute and entered Simon's house because they still have the the house of Simon there in Capernaum. They have found it, and they've been able to prove by the writings and things on the wall that this was Simon Peter's house. So it's about a one-minute walk from the synagogue. And Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. He stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it, the fever, left her. Now that's a nice way to pray for fevers. So if your child has a fever, if one of your loved ones has a fever, Just stand over them. He stood over them and rebuked the fever. So stand over that person and in the name of Jesus, rebuke that fever and command that it leave. And immediately she arose and began to serve them. So healed to serve. And you're going to see a lot about service in this passage. Now when the sun was setting, all right, so that means... Shabbat was ending, okay? At sunset, Saturday night, Shabbat is over. When the sun was setting, all who had any sick, any who were sick with various diseases, brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them, and he healed them. Because remember, they couldn't travel on on Shabbat. They could only walk to the synagogue. Other than that, they pretty much stayed home with their families and rested and had a family day. Shabbat was very strict. But as soon as Shabbat lifted, Jesus went back to work. (laughs) He didn't get to go to sleep and have a good night's sleep. He He started having a healing crusade all night. And demons also came out of many crying, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak. Again, no conversations. No conversations with demons, okay? No conversations. No conversation. There we go whoops, with demons. It works and then it doesn't work because they knew he was the Christ. So demons knew who Jesus was. Even if people didn't recognize him. I mean, they knew their creator. And when it was day, he departed and went to a desolate place. And notice when it was day. So this took, we would call this a long night Little sleep. And when it's day, he departed, went to a desolate place, and people sought him and came to him, and would have kept him from leaving them. Alright, so Jesus goes out to pray. So he's not sleeping in because he had a late night. He got up to pray. Now now here's a great truth that you need to get a hold of. If Jesus didn't sleep in after a very short night because he had to go pray. How much more we learn to be disciplined in our devotions? <laughs> yeah. So let's call this a disciplined prayer life, not excuse driven. Oh, it was, it was a short night, Jesus. I didn't get much sleep. So he does not have a devotional life that is excuse-driven. It's disciplined. And he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. So what is Jesus' purpose? The purpose of Jesus. And notice, it is to preach good news. It's not to go attack people it's to preach good news now, now brothers and sisters sometimes in christianity we get so caught up in our doctrines and we get so caught up in our little opinions that we we think that our, our role in life is to go out and and preach attack but that's not jesus jesus said my purpose is to preach the good news of the king of the kingdom chapter 5 verse 1 on one occasion while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of the lord he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, standing by the Lake Sea of Galilee, okay? And notice the crowd is pressing in on him. Kaya, his voice is going to be absorbed by the first few rows, and he, he, he's, he's not being able to teach, all right? And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down, and taught the people from the boat. All right, Now this is just using technology. What? Yeah, Jesus used technology. Sound waves. Sound waves bounce off of water. So by getting in the boat and the people gathered along the shore, his voice is going to bounce off the water and then bounce back up. And it's like a, kind of a natural amplifier. So Jesus used a little bit of scientific knowledge here. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, notice this is a command, this is a request. God only requests us to serve, He commands us to be blessed. (laughs) Ha ha ha, you need to meditate on that one for a bit. Now, I want you to notice something about this request. The purpose. The purpose of a request to serve. The purpose of the request to serve was for the kingdom. It wasn't for Jesus. Now, this this is one of the hard things I have teaching young pastors today. When you ask somebody to do something, you should only be asking them to do something for the kingdom. Now, I, I know other pastors do things differently, and I'm not criticizing anybody else. But have you ever noticed I've never asked one of the young people in the church to wash my car? I've never asked a Bible school student to clean my house. We never asked a Bible school student to, to uh, babysit our daughter when she was young. We've never asked somebody to, to cook for us. We've never asked somebody to run our errands for us. Now, I have a driver. We have helpers that we pay to do that but I don't ask the church members to serve. Now, now there are people that have taken this thing about Elisha and Elisha. And, you know, if you want the anointing, then you have to pour water on the hands of the prophet of God and you have to serve them. Have you ever noticed in 41 years, Sister Beth and I have never treated you like that? That if I have to ask one of the pastors to drive me someplace, I pay for the gas and the toll and say thank you. I don't take advantage of them. Have you ever noticed that when... Whenever Sister Bev and I ask anybody in the church to do something for us personally, we pay for it. Have you ever noticed that? Do notice that, because that's how Jesus acted. Jesus never went around and said, "Uh, please do this for me and do this for me. Jesus was not a diva. Let me say that again, Jesus was not a diva. Have you ever noticed I don't have people you know, handing me a glass of water in a crystal glass? Have you ever noticed we don't do things like that at COP? And it's not that we're not sophisticated, and it's not that we're not classy. It's that we don't believe that the members are treated like that. Jesus, when he washed the disciples' feet, he said, now go do likewise. Go go look like I've done. I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Now, Now, church members, listen to me. If you ever have a young pastor, and maybe he's seen a bad example someplace, and he thinks that this is what you should be doing, and that pastor is asking you to do personal favors for them. And they, they don't pay your fares and they don't give you any money to help. They don't, but they're always asking you to do personal favors for them. You should report that to us because we have to educate young pastors. I know what you've seen other places, but that's not what we act like at COP. We don't do things like that. Jesus asked him to do something that would be for the kingdom. Now, we ask you to do things for the kingdom. We ask you to serve. We ask you to to do crusades. We ask you to sing in the choir. We ask you to do connect groups. We ask you to visit people. But everything we ask of you should be for serving the kingdom and not for serving us. And you have to notice the subtle difference here. But to me, the, the most beautiful thing of this is that Jesus made a request. In other words, you don't have to serve, Peter. You know I'm, I'm asking you for this would you would you please do this you you have a free will but when it came time to be blessed his tone changed and now it's a command to be blessed <laughs> put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch simon answered master we toiled all night and took nothing okay Jesus, I'm a fisherman. I'm really good at this. Worked hard all night and we got nothing. And here's the kicker. Here's the truth. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Obedience of faith. Sometimes God asks you to do things that you just failed at. The obedience of faith in repetition. Sometimes God asks you to do the same thing you just did and you failed. And God said, now do it again. And you want to look at Him and go, God, tired of call, man. Look at all these people on the shore. They're going to be, I'm going to be embarrassed. I, you know, good grief, Jesus. It's already the heat of the day. The fish are down deep. Our nets are shallow nets that throw nets. But at your word, I will let down the nets. The obedience of faith. And the key word there would be in repetition. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking (laughs) God's abundant harvest following service. Remember I preached an entire sermon one year to you on service precedes blessings and it's true. God's abundant harvest follows service. And they signaled to their partners and the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Now here's another key in here. They shared. Now, you know, there's some people who don't ever want to share a harvest. Do you want more harvest in life? Learn to share. There's, There's enough for everybody. Learn to share. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, (laughs) he had just had this great statement of faith, and now he said, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. (laughs) You know, have you ever noticed whenever God does something absolutely outstanding for you, you feel so unworthy? I get that. Been there many times in my life where you get down on your knees and just say, Lord, why have you been so good to me? And, you know, you just, you, the Lord just kind of looks at you and he, he must be smiling, you know, because, you know, get up on your, get up on your feet, you know, but we always get down on our knees and look at what you've done for me. And some of you are like that right now. You you stepped out in faith, you obeyed, you served, and then you obeyed in faith, and our God has brought great blessing, and you look there and you feel So unworthy. But what you have to understand is he so enjoys blessing you. (laughs) He so enjoys blessing you abundantly above all you can ask or think. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. So these were business partners. So this is business partners. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be be catching men. (laughs) And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Wow. They walked away from wealth. Later on, Peter looks at him and said, Lord, we left everything to follow you. And he said, yep. And there's going to be a hundredfold return in this life. When you go to Israel with us, one of the things the guides will teach you is that the interior of the house of Peter was plastered. That means Peter was a wealthy man. (laughs) While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. Now, full of leprosy. There's a key there. There's not just one little spot of white skin on his face. He's full of leprosy. Now, to be full of leprosy, probably most of your toes are gone. There's rotted flesh hanging off your legs and your torso, your arms. Your ears are probably gone. Your nose is definitely gone. Open wounds on your face because literally, you know, your, your flesh is rotting off. So he's full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will be clean. Now, the Greek word here for will is, Do you have a desire based on emotion? This is not a desire based on it's the right thing to do. This man is literally saying, Jesus, do you feel? Do you feel anything? Do you feel anything when you look at me, Jesus? He said, if you feel something, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, you know what? I will. He uses the same word. I do feel. I look at you. I feel your pain. I feel your hurt be healed and immediately the leprosy left him and he charged him to tell no one but go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as moses commanded as proof to them now this is testimony to jerusalem so all these lepers that jesus healed they would go to jerusalem they would bring a sacrifice before the the priesthood there and say and they would say, why are you here? And they would say, to show that I'm cleansed from leprosy. How did you get healed from leprosy? A man named Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> it's no wonder so many priests came to the Lord. But now even more the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him, and to be healed of their infirmities. So they gathered to hear him, and they gathered to be healed. That's, that's what a crusade is about. People should Hear the word of the Lord, and they should be healed of their infirmities. This would be, this is a great crusade. They need to hear the words of Jesus, and they need to be healed of their infirmities. But he would often, or he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So prayer requires privacy and withdraw. Now, there are some people, and this is again, one of the things I try to teach young pastors. You have to withdraw if you are going to pray. You can't just hang out with people all the time. There has to be a withdrawing to a private place to pray. All right, we've got just a little bit of time left today. Let me get you into Proverbs very quickly. And please let me read it to you from the New Living Translation, okay? A gentle answer deflects anger. A gentle answer deflects anger. A gentle answer. Sometimes when you are challenged with something, gentleness is necessary. But harsh words make tempers flare how to start a fight harsh words harsh words start a fight the tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing but the mouth of the fool belches out foolishness all right so a wise teacher a wise a wise teacher is popular the mouth of a fool not popular now I say this because you always get people coming along and they look at a large church like COP and they go there must be compromise no have you ever thought maybe the tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing you know it is something that people want The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. So God keeps his eye on sinful man. Ah, and he keeps his eye on good people. So don't think that God doesn't know what these people over here are doing. Okay, don't think that God doesn't know what those evil people are doing. He knows exactly what they're doing. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Now, wow. Now, notice twice we have here, gentle and gentle. Gentle words are a tree of life. Gentle words bring life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Now, you're going to have to understand that when people go out and tell lies about you, They know exactly what they are doing. They are crushing your spirit. They are trying to break you down. They are trying to make you quit. Now, I I say that because some of you keep talking to me about the challenges you're going through in your offices right now. And there are people that are starting intrigues and gossip and lies about you and all kinds of things. They're trying to make you quit. They're trying to crush your spirit. They, They want you to give up and quit. They want to discourage you and make you quit. And you just have to make up your mind, you know what? I'm not going to allow a deceitful tongue to crush my spirit. God's going to renew my spirit. Now, what you want to do is when you've got these people, when these people are working on you, what you want to do is go hang out with gentle words. Go hang out with people that have some gentle words. Because if somebody's trying to discourage you and crush your spirit, you need to be around some people that bring life. Amen. So don't don't keep hanging out with people and don't and please don't get mad at me for saying this, but but straight talk. Stop the Twitter wars and stop the Facebook wars and stop trying to answer everybody who says something ugly about you. You know what? People are going to say ugly things about you. Don't read it. Block them. The more you read it, the more you are going to get discouraged. Deceitful tongues crush the spirit. Now, you got to get a hold of that. If you keep listening to deceit, it's going to crush your spirit. You want gentle words that are going to bring your life. Amen? All right. We'll see you tonight. We're back in the services. Uh, we'll be preaching again tonight on prayer. But again, it'll just be a one-hour service. So we'll see you here either video or in into your home or in the main campuses or all the campuses, I guess. And then this weekend, I know we've got all these new lockdowns, but if it's possible, get out. And if you feel more comfortable just staying in your car, we've got the drive-in available in all of the campuses except north. So all the services have drive-in except north, all the services. And in addition, we have a big drive-in service. Saturday morning we've set up the go truck. I stand out there with my little cowboy hat on and Preach like I'm preaching an open-air crusade to the cars and we put cars out in the parking lot. Starts at 7.30 on Saturday morning. We'll see you in the services this weekend.